Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Kenny Young for Astro's Playroom, which came pre-installed on all PlayStation 5 consoles. It's a platformer used to kind of show off the capabilities of the new controller that comes with the PlayStation 5. Back in 2018, Kenny scored Astrobot Rescue Mission, which was made for PlayStation VR. So you'll hear music from that game as well during the discussion that I had with Kenny. Here he is. It is very cool to get the opportunity to do another um, Astrobot game, but the the ridiculous thing about Astro's Playroom is that it's pre-installed on every single PlayStation 5. So, you know, whether you like it or not, (laughs) (laughs) if you get a PlayStation 5, then you get this game for free. And Mm -hmm. the idea behind it, I mean, unfortunately, it's not just a vehicle (laughs) for my music. (laughs) Sony were were thinking bigger than that. Um, And primarily it serves the purpose of showing off the, uh, the new DualSense controller, which is... You know, very familiar to people who are used to PlayStation or or game console controllers in general, but it, it has a couple of cool new features in it, and uh, namely uh, the the haptics are, which is like HD rumble. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because like you're not allowed to say the R word because that's like old technology, but the reality is that it's a super high fidelity tactile feedback that you feel in the controller. Yeah. And it's not rumble because it operates actually at audio frequencies, so it's super high resolution. And uh, that might sound a bit like whatever, but um, there's just really cool synesthesia that happens when you are hearing sound and feeling it at the same time. Yes. So that that's super cool. And then the other feature is the uh, the adaptive triggers, which it's the shoulder triggers that are on the controller. When you press them, it's not just a you know a clicky button. Yeah. Uh, they have these adjustable amounts of resistance in it. And it's adjustable across the the kind of the the whole carry of the of the button, so you can make it feel like a a click, or you can make it feel uh, like it increases in tension as you pull it, like if you're pulling on a, a bow for a bow and arrow. And there's all these kind of cool little things you can do with it. And Astro's Playroom uh, was put together to really showcase that, and does a brilliant job of it. And when PS5 first came out, in particular people were <laughs> blown away by the DualSense controller and Astro's Playroom because it really just does a great job of showing it off. And if you, you mentioned AstroBot, and of course we worked on the uh, AstroBot rescue mission for PlayStation VR, and it, what's great about that game is it obviously uh, really showed off some novel first-person platforming game mechanics in VR, and they did it better than I think anyone had done it up to that point. Mm-hmm. And that's something that the the team of Sobe at Sony Japan Studio are really great at doing is taking new technology, prototyping ideas, and then turning it into an experience. And so that's what they did with Astrobot Rescue Mission and with Astro's Playroom. They did the same process, but for the, the DualSense controller and just tried out all these different crazy ideas and then packaged up in this really cool little experience, which, yeah, I had the pleasure of, of scoring for them. So talk to me a little bit about uh, writing the music because these themes are, some of these themes are from uh, the rescue mission as well and kind of carried yeah. through. And So, I mean, the, the general premise for Astro's Playroom is that it all takes place inside the PlayStation 5. I guess inside your PlayStation 5. So it's this yep. kind of very meta <laughs> experience. Yeah. And you are sort of drawn into that world via the, the DualSense controller. And then 
there are there's the main sort of area in the game's called the CPU Plaza and it's got its own vibe and then from there you can go into the four different areas of the game which are the uh, GPU jungle, uh, the cooling springs, the SSD speedway <laughs> and the memory maze. So they're all themed after a different, you know, significant component. Sure. of the PlayStation. So it's quite <laughs> techy and nerdy, but it's all, like you're saying, Astro's really cute and the whole, th the presentation and style of the whole thing is very cute. Yeah. And yeah, each area has its own, obviously, conceptual identity, but then the music sort of backs that up. Mm -hmm. And so when you start the game, the menu music is, will sound kind of familiar to people. It's like a, a, a remix I've done based on um, I Am Astro Bot. was kind of like the theme tune, if you like, for the Astrobot rescue mission. So I've kind of taken some of the new themes from Playroom and worked that into that. And then in the CPU Plaza, it's got a very kind of electro disco kind of vibe and it, it's meant to sound a little bit clubby it's actually got in the game not so much on the soundtrack album there's a quite strong um room acoustic on it to make mm. it sound like you're in a club and the idea oh, is like nice. all the little robots are you know having a little party inside your <laughs> playstation 5 <laughs> and this is the kind of music that they listen to Yeah, I think for that, it was how to make that sort of fun, but with a hint of like slightly more serious club. Not that I can do serious, but, <laughs> but what was weird about that one is that, that that track was actually kind of a cast off from oh, one really? of my attempts to write music for the GPU jungle area. And that that level, that was actually the, the first bit, area of the game I, I tackled. The GPU part? The GPU jungle. Yeah, and I, there's various things I tried there. There's, there's actually I, I did a, I wrote a piece for the PlayStation blog. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen it, where there's um, I, I sort of put various clips together of early versions of the different tracks I was working on, and they're up. There's like SoundCloud clips that you can listen to for Neat. the like work in progress nice. stuff, and that was kind of brave of me to put work in progress stuff up there for people to listen to but people responded yeah. really well to it and um, it is fun to listen to these early versions but one of them is basically because the, the first version I did was a little bit too kind of predictable and a bit too childish it was very much like what you might expect from a classic VGM level set in the jungle so there was oh, like okay. pan pipes and yeah. <laughs> and you know percussion and it was very much that kind of school of thought but they were like nah and it's a bit too maybe a bit too bit too childish mm. so they then asked me to do something a bit more kind of contemporary 
And that's when I created this CPU Plaza theme accidentally, trying to go the other way and create something that had a slightly more serious edge. But they felt that was too serious. So, But they said they really liked it and they thought it might fit the CPU Plaza. And I hadn't seen that area yet because it didn't exist. So I just ah. sort of shelved that and be like, okay. And we, we came back to it. <laughs> and yeah, and, it, and it, it, yeah, it totally worked. It was a good call. So it, it's nice when you create something that um, is, is good but not right but then it just so happens to be right for something else and you, <laughs> yeah. you can keep it And then it was back to the grind on the GPU jungle track. And um, because I'd sort of tried a couple of different things and failed, <laughs> <laughs> I was then sort of at a bit of a loss and pulled out this idea I'd been sort of playing with but hadn't shared with the team yet because it wasn't quite working. But I was again, it was backed into a corner a little bit and just thought, well, <laughs> I've got nothing to lose. Might as well try that crazy idea that I've been toying with but not you know, quite tried to really tackle it yet, which was to write a song. And so that was the basis of the GPU jungle track and thinking about how, how well, <laughs> it wasn't just like crowbarring an idea into the project. I originally yeah. was thinking about knowing that it was about PlayStation 5 and like representing PlayStation 5. I was thinking before I even started working on the project, I was thinking about ways of, you know, how do you do that musically using voice to like, if you can think of it as like representing the spirit of the PlayStation 5 so that the PlayStation 5 was literally singing to the player was one idea that I had. Hmm. Um, and that didn't transpire because it was uh, there wasn't a good place to do that. But in the GPU jungle, you know, we'd spoken about having a little character in the level. And it didn't exist at the point I was writing the music, but, you know, it was something that we'd spoken about doing. And so I thought, well, hey, hey let's make them sing. And... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I wrote this this song, which is kind of like a, a love letter from yeah, the GPU to the player. Or at least that's how it's kind of interpreted by most people, because that's what it feels like in context. I think the original inspiration was actually that it was like unrequited love between the <laughs> GPU and the CPU. <laughs> <laughs> because the CPU is like the one that tells everything in a computer what to do because it's you know this is central processing unit so everything yes. is at at the behest of the cpu and gets its tasks farmed out and so the gpu is kind of like <laughs> the cpu's slave basically <laughs> yeah. so that's the whole thing which was like you know everything i do no or, or well i can't even remember the lyrics now <laughs> <laughs> but basically it's got i was gonna say everything i do i do it for you that's brian adams that's so brian adams that's like robin that's Hood. not what i wrote um <laughs> how does it go it's got something like that. It's basically yeah. that, but not enough to get sued. So the idea was that it's the GPU saying, you know, I do it all for you. And it was them basically saying, I do it all for the CPU. Uh, yeah. But actually, the way it feels to the player is that the GPU is singing to them, partly because that's the character they can see. Yes. And I think, you know, even if that wasn't like totally my like original intention for the song, um, yeah. 
it's a really nice interpretation which kind of works better and it, it what's nice about it is it creates this like emotional connection for players between their hardware and and them which is which is cool because the other side to Astro's Playroom is that there's an awful lot of uh, PlayStation history yes. uh, in there. And, you know, you, what the stuff that you collect is like old bits of PlayStation hardware going right back to the actual consoles themselves. So you collect mm-hmm. the PlayStation 1, 2, 3, and 4 at the end of these four areas in the game. But all the smaller collectibles are all like the peripherals and accessories for the consoles. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of the classic games and game franchises and stuff. So and characters and all that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot of fan service and it's obviously it's very much yeah. aimed at PlayStation fans. Yeah. Uh, but it, I think what it really showed a lot of people is that they yeah, didn't really realize quite how much affection that they had for their PlayStations and PlayStation hardware yeah. and stuff, especially mm-hmm. if something that was maybe part of your childhood. You yeah. Because PlayStation's been around for, what, over 25 years now. So, Amazing. you know, even people of significant age <laughs> <laughs> will, will, like, you know, be looking at this stuff and be like, oh, wow, yeah, I remember that. That's really cool and get a little bit emotional about it. So yeah. that's also kind of what makes having a, a like a love song and <laughs> a platforming game kind of permissible is that that emotional <laughs> edge to it is actually part of the experience. Yeah. Uh, so it felt fitting. But then just the fact that the yeah the song is multi working on multiple levels is also what makes it work because if it was just like a, a shopping list of graphics processing terminology <laughs> it would just be like only for the nerds yeah yeah and i was i was i made an effort when i was writing it to like use terminology that would be like accurate it's not just using little buzzwords that right. i picked up from working in industry right. it actually uses them in a context that is accurate because mm-hmm. uh, I was thinking about all the graphics programmers I've worked with and wanted them to, you know, at least not be <laughs> like messaging me or being like, oh, that song's cool, but you got this wrong. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. Which is exactly <laughs> what you can expect from the kind of person who like is a graphics programmer. Because, yes. you know, you've got to be <laughs> quite particular to get <laughs> graphics hardware to, to behave. So yeah. they're also... <laughs> It's just a personality trait. I was you like, I can't let, I can't do this to myself. So, you know, I made an effort. And yeah, the fact that it's, you know, it is techie, but also emotional. It just means it's operating on multiple levels and makes it kind of unique and a bit cool. And that is, out of all the, the music in the game, that is the one which people have really strongly responded to the most. And I think because of that, yeah, that emotional connection and the, the fact that it's, it is a song. And so it's got, yeah, that human kind of connection as well. Yeah. Not just the, not just the power of music, but the power of emotional manipulation yeah. <laughs> uh, that you get from songs. And yeah, no, it's just it was just a really unique opportunity to to do that. And what allowed that was creative director uh, Nicholas to say in this project also said right before I started working on it, it was basically if if there's one project we work on together where you get to do something a little bit off the wall this is it because hmm. it's coming pre-installed on playstation 5 so people's expectations aren't necessarily going to be all that high for this experience yeah, because right. they've not paid for it they're getting it for free so we want which is great because it means when they check it out if we can really impress them they're, they're then they're really going to love it yeah yeah <laughs> and you know because they haven't paid for it if you do something a little bit different it's okay to take a little bit of a gamble on that 
and so this was the place where we yeah we just tried something a little bit different and took yeah. a gamble and it's just really nice to have that kind of rewarded it wasn't just like something crazy we did that <laughs> everyone was like yeah yeah you shouldn't have done that that was a terrible idea it's like no this is actually one of the things that makes this experience really special and so there's a lesson to be learned from that in a way where mm-hmm. you know hopefully as long as you've got the, the experience in mind and you're not just doing random cool stuff but actually stuff that really backs up the experience and makes yes. it stronger then yeah. those are exactly the kind of places that you should be taking risks on and so yeah it's nice to be working with people who are like supportive of that and encouraging of that because i mean i don't know if i would have done this or dared to do that if i hadn't had that kind of advice and direction right up front I loved all the vocals in it in general and uh, you know there's choir in there and just I think just in one or two tracks and I kind of assume that's sampled but I also assumed that the rest of it was you so uh, how did all the vocal stuff play out yeah so I mean a, a lot I mean the, and again I should probably just mention Astrobot Rescue Mission again because that's where so many of the, the, the this so much of this aesthetic was sort of established yeah. and one of the things I was doing on that was playing around with um, robotic vocalizations mm-hmm. as just like a, a thing and on this project yeah thinking about how can we take that further then you know writing a, a full-on song with that robotic sound using the vocoder was you know, again, came out of that way of thinking of how can we how can we push that, but on all the other stuff, it, it's mainly and yeah, it's me singing on I'm your GPU, but obviously it's vocoded, <laughs> so it, yeah. and also I guess it's like there's a it's a transatlantic kind of accent, and again on that PlayStation <laughs> blog article, I can send you the all the little clips from that if you want to I cut any of that. that into this um but i i don't really know what <laughs> who or what i sound like in my because uh, the non-vocoded version is on there as well look at the light it falls just right my shadows they please beneath the trees but none of these things I don't know, I think it's somewhere a little bit between David Bowie and Bono. (laughs) 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 Or in my head, at least, that's what I think. I'm not saying I sound like that. I think that's what I was trying to channel. (laughs) Okay. Because, like, if it was just me singing Proclaimer style in my Scottish accent, it would be (laughs) slightly too flavorful, probably, for... Uh Yeah. For for PlayStation 5 hardware. <laughs> so yeah, it's got a little bit of a transatlantic twang to it. I do it for you. I'm your GPU. 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 Tell me what to do. And I'll do it for you. 
But the rest of it's all synthetic speech. Uh, for the most part, I'm using uh, sort of singing text to speech, little application that I use, which is called Chip Speech by a company called Plog. Uh, I think they're Fun. a French Canadian company. And yeah, it's it's like any of the tracks, like in the SSD track, when you hear Love the little one. SSD yes. <laughs> yes. vocal hook that comes in there, that's that, yeah, sort of singing oh, text okay. to speech. find that on all the other tracks to in various places and for the most part I think because we'd had the full-on song in I'm your GPU in the GPU jungle level we didn't want there to be a song in every level right so we just having the little vocal robot vocalizations is a nice way of keeping that idea consistently across the different areas but not having it be too in your face because there wasn't really a justification for song in the other areas you know couldn't I can't say I was really looking for an opportunity to write songs in other areas, so I didn't really yeah. try. But <laughs> yeah, we just felt that, you know, we'd, we'd done that, we'd had our little gamble on that, and then the other areas, we should keep it a bit more pared back and yeah. and, and simple. But it's, it's interesting because, like, the SSD tracks, another one of, another sort of fan favourite after the I'm Your GPU track, it's the, the other track that a lot of people will say, oh, you know, I love that, that's my favourite track in the game type stuff. Yep. And that little SSD refrain, you know, it only happens like three or four times on the soundtrack album as you listen to it but it's just so simple that it does also get stuck in your head yeah and again that's just a very another sort of lesson learned there you don't there's various different ways to make a track stand out and simplicity is often you know just as effective as something that's much more complex and again, that track was fun because of the SSD track was fun because of the synthwave uh, 80s aesthetic which yeah you know as a child of the 80s is uh, a real <laughs> in, a pleasure to just sort of go there mm -hmm. and um channel yeah. those sounds and yeah uh, uh, that one was one of the easiest ones for me to write i think And then the, the Cooling Springs track is, that originally started out as, I was actually trying to do something that was a bit like Sega Blue Sky, which is for hardcore VGM fans, they'll know what that means, but it's like a particular era of music that you encounter in uh, Sega games, particularly when once they had sort of CD quality audio in there. And, you know, this was all the in-house Sega musicians writing this stuff. And I think that's partly just because, like, the way that level looks, it's got this kind of beach party vibe, which is very, <laughs> it's very Sega, basically. <laughs> yeah. um, which is kind of cheeky in, like, a, a Sony, <laughs> a Sony product. But again, it's, yeah, it's just one of those, like, kind of game archetypes now. 
and I was listening to some of that music just to see if I could get a bit of that vibe. And th- the truth is, I couldn't. Like, I just couldn't write music that was in that vein because it is like it, it is actually super. Like, not that I'm scared of cheese because like <laughs> my music is like pure cheese, but. <laughs> Having those like soaring like guitar lines and stuff, it's yeah. just, yeah, I don't think I've got the the jazz chops to really go down that route and pull it off. So I, I was, yeah, I was, but the one thing that that track re- sort of retains from that kind of original music I was trying to write for that was I think the song structure, because it is, most of my stuff's like really super basic, you know, like binary form, like A, B, mm-hmm. A, B. If, you know, you might get a little bridge if you're, <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> yeah. But for this one, because I was listening to that music, I was doing a bit of analysis and thinking about how how they structured their music. It was quite often a little bit more sophisticated than that. And so the that track, I mean, it's not like super crazy, right? it's not avant-garde, but it's, <laughs> you know, like there's there's three parts to it. And that's that's not something I'd really done before. And so, yeah, that, 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 that was fun for me in terms of like a, like if you like, like a musical analysis and then... Re, reapplying those lessons learned even though it's like this kind of party Ibiza kind of direction is kind of where I ended up um, taking it um, it's still got a little hint of the Sega Blue Sky DNA in there in terms <laughs> of the, the song structure so that, that's cool something i've spoken about before because it's too it's not the kind of thing you can talk about when doing general pr for (laughs) the game or the soundtrack because it's just too specific but i think for for your audience hopefully that's something which they'll appreciate Did you so because there is electric guitar in there? Was that you playing, or was that um, sampled too? You mean like some of the funk guitar and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in the menu, it's it's a mixture. Like the okay, I think I think the any of the rhythm funk stuff is samples. The lead stuff is me. Like the one track that's almost taken wholesale from Astrobot Rescue Mission is the "Follow Me Into the Storm." track that's very much the same as it was on Ashbot Rescue Mission and that's got the sort of lead guitar part in it which is me In terms of other instruments, I was playing again. Yeah, lots of uh, bass guitar in here. Is me like on the GPU Jungle track? I'm your GPU song, I should say. Yeah. A bit of ukulele and the the Bot Die Beach track and Ocarina in there as well. Loved that, by the way. I loved that touch.
funny one because the ah, it's, it's it's one of those things where I just don't know if I did the right thing or not. Where that ocarina bit doesn't come in until a good few minutes into that track. So anyone who's blasting through the game and doesn't explore the beach area in the cooling springs won't hear that. They just, oh. you know, they'll just be like, uh, whatever. And they'll just, if they're just, if they're not trying to collect everything and they're just kind of steaming through, they won't hear it. But anyone who is on that beach and looking in every nook and cranny to see what they can find, they'll eventually hear that. And it hmm. gives the the level a little boost and some new interest. And yeah, uh, yeah you know, it's, it's difficult to know when you make these decisions, if you're doing the right thing. But yeah, yeah no, I enjoyed. Because <laughs> like, you know, I'm not a virtuoso ocarina player, <laughs> but, you know, I've got I've got two or three of them and I just, it just so happened, like one of them happened to be in the same key as, nice. <laughs> as the, yeah, as and if it hadn't been, I'm pretty sure I would have put it down pretty quickly. But because I was like playing along with it and just sort of jamming, and I was like, "Oh, that could work." And then if yeah. you know, and then you before you know it, you've worked out a little part. Then, then you know, and that normally just takes like an hour or two of <laughs> messing around just to sort of yeah. come up with something. those are the those are the funnest moments because that stuff doesn't feel like work when you are kind of yep. improvising and just uh seeing what happens because it's just eventually something clicks and then you can sort of refine it and hone it uh and that's so much more preferable to when you're banging your head against a wall trying to like come up with a melody or a hook or whatever and yeah when it just sort of happens for free yeah <laughs> and yeah. the universe just and you just you know yeah you're just kind of jamming basically and it just comes out that's that's nice and um that, that's definitely an example of of that that touch is something like i feel like i've spent a lot of time with your music over the years and i can hear you when i hear <laughs> you know and that was a perfect example of that i'm like that is so kenny to have that <laughs> beautiful that thing right there <laughs> it was just like this beautiful little detail toward the end of the track and it just i loved it you mentioned a while ago now uh about how you remixed i am astrobot and i love the remix for a lot of reasons but it's fun how it's just like kind of a chill slower version of I Am Astrobot. So talk to me about that choice. I mean, to be honest, it was the I Am Astrobot track originally. So it's 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 kind of based on Follow Me Into the Storm. It's the mm -hmm. same melody, but it's like a sped up <laughs> version of that. So it started out as a slower track that became sped up. And it, it, the reason it was sped up is, is that track was written for the original announcement trailer for Astrobot Rescue Mission. So it needed more energy. Basically, you know, it's always nice when you're making a trailer or a video for a game to use music from the game. It's not always possible because the game music and trailer music are two quite different 
scenarios. And even though the, the Astrobot games are platforming games and those are typically, you know, quite high energy and quite full on and in your face music, like there's still not <laughs> enough energy for a trailer. Uh, the only tracks that tend to have that much energy would be like the, the boss fight tracks, but those are too aggressive <laughs> right. for, a, for a trailer which is trying to showcase, you know, this cute little characters and stuff. So, the, yeah, there's just not any music from the game that completely fits that, that trailer scenario. So, yeah, so I Am Astrobot was created for that. And it was a similar sort of thing, I think, for Astro's Playroom, whereby when we wanted music for the announced trailer, we were like, well, what are we going to use? We don't just want to use I'm Astrobot in the last game because this is a different game. So I, I think I'd already been playing around with some ideas for the the menu, um, which is like a different version of the, the, the new remix of I'm Astrobot. And so I'd already done some stuff for it um just to sort of experiment and see how i could use some of the themes from playroom in that context and had yeah had slowed it down a bit again and i can't remember why i did that but it was probably <laughs> just to get one of the 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 themes to fit because there's also a restriction when you've got a theme it kind of it's written with a certain tempo in mind and if you speed up or slow it down it it ends up being just wrong <laughs> like it's just like you just wouldn't have written it that way if it was at that tempo because it's just like you know the phrasing feels off and so mm -hmm. i think that's the reason why i'd slowed it down was like I'd, I'd probably just literally taken something copied it and pasted it in and been like okay so that doesn't work <laughs> but i want to work with this theme so i'm just gonna have to split the difference and slow it down to a point where it feels like it it still works yeah, uh, as a theme, but also can maybe work with some of these elements from I'm Astrobot. So it was a bit of a, a mashup in that way, and then yeah, it was tweaked until it <laughs> until it worked. <laughs> For Astrobot Rescue Mission, I'm Astrobot really felt like it was the theme tune in many respects, just because in that that announcement trailer, people just really kind of became attached to it and really liked the music. We're like, this is great. Oh, they're saying I am Astrobot in the music, and even though that's super cheesy. <laughs> People just love that stuff because it's there's not many IPs where you can get away with doing that. Yeah. Um, but it's actually a really effective IP building technique. If if you can get away with it, 
and yeah, Astro Bot is one of those IPs that lends itself to just like saying the name of the game in the in in the branding, and it it cause like robots, you know, the, the the way they're cute, but also they're slightly stupid. They're not like super advanced intelligence. Like, there's a simplicity and naivety which is kind of childlike to them. So yeah. that that's an aesthetic which again in the music allows it to be a little bit uh, childlike. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can mm-hmm. do some of this simplistic stuff in a, in a justifiable way. And that that really took off for the first game that I worked on. And then for this one, yeah, it, it was just building on that. But I don't think it feels like the, the theme tune as much as it did in the last game. Uh, it's just sort of reworked a little bit and yeah. spiced up to fit the, the new project. Tell me about uplifting little number. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this is a recurring thing now. On again on Astrobot Rescue Mission, there was a bit of music. First bit of music I wrote for uh, for for what would then become "Follow Me Into the Storm," which kind of that melody is now all over um, the Astrobot games, both uh, Rescue Mission and Playroom. Um, I wrote this track. Um, which ended up being the the music on the credits for Ashbrook Rescue Mission. And so, yeah, and that track was called Happy Ever After. But that was basically a reject. <laughs> so <laughs> another reject. Yeah, it was a bit of music that I'd written, which you know was like, uh, you know, it, it's good, but it doesn't quite fit, and it was a bit too like, you know, yeah, yeah, a bit too kiddie and childish. It's just too fun. It's just like too yeah. naive, and they were just like, eh, uh, it doesn't really work. So we shelved it. But then when we came to the credits, it's like credits, you know, really suit having that kind of uplifting. Yes joyous feeling at the end and also most people just skip it so it really doesn't matter (laughs) Um, so I was like hey how about this track and they were like yeah all right I suppose that works and exact same thing happened on on Playroom (laughs) I was trying to I was actually trying to write another bit of music rather than reuse follow me into the storm I was like I think I can have another crack at that like we don't need to reuse this music let me let me try something new and wrote uplifting little number (laughs) and they were like yeah nope (laughs) (laughs) and actually I think you can hear some similarities in the track there in terms of I don't know, like there'll be some rhythmic element or something where I've clearly just taken Fall Me Into The Storm because that track worked and they were using it in the game like, this works great. And I was like, yeah, it does work, but let's just, you know, it's a new game, let's try something new. And this is what I came up with. And yeah, it, it, 
it, it didn't quite work. Although it's hard to know really if it... I don't think it, it was like a terrible match for the level. I think it's probably largely just that um, the team really loved Follow Me Into The Storm. And we're just, you know, it's that, that it's almost like... It's a bit weird because it's temp track, but it's my music. Mm. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it kind of, it doesn't matter. But yeah, I I couldn't create something better than that, I guess, because they, they loved it so much. <laughs> but and here we are, it's the credits. And rather than just have I'm Ashabot play for like <laughs> five minutes or whatever. Yeah. I was like, hey, how about this track? And they're like, yeah, that kind of works. So <laughs> yeah, it's just the same things happened on both games. And it's interesting that it's like the same kind of vibe that I've tried to create and failed because <laughs> it's like too happy. So yeah, it's weird. There's like a there's like a relationship there between both of those tracks, even though it's indirect. <laughs> so it's kind of cool. <laughs> so if I ever get the opportunity to work on another Astrobot game, I'll need to try and see if I can find a way to manufacture the same <laughs> lineage yeah. for whatever credits music. It's become like a cross to bear now, which <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's been mad just to be wrapped up in the launch of PlayStation 5 and so far as because it's pre-installed, you know, there's just like, I think they, they announced uh, one of Sony's earnings calls, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, that the number of PlayStation 5s that have sold and I can't remember what the number was, it was like, you know, 10 million or whatever it is. And yes, yeah, the fastest selling Sony console of all time now. So, you know, Whoa. that's great. But it just means that no one knows what the final sales of PlayStation 5 will be. But, you know, if it's anything like PlayStation 4, then it's going to be over 100 million consoles. Amazing. So that's, and not everyone who buys one is going to play Astro's Playroom, but yeah. probably the majority of people will. So it's really the only time in my career where I will work on something that before I even wrote a note, I knew that there were going to be <laughs> tens of millions of people listening right. to the music, which was kind of kind of weird and a bit daunting. Yeah. So you just had to actually just kind of <laughs> just ignore that and just get on with trying to make the, the best thing you could to support the project. Um, but the upside of it now that it's out and it's been really well received is that there's just a constant stream of new people checking the, the, the game out and mm -hmm, listening mm -hmm. to the music. And, you know, yep. and some of them like it enough to want to... Yeah, and then listen to the soundtrack. And yeah, it's, it's been mad. There's just, I, I get little messages every now and again from people saying, oh, really love this music. And it's just really, really sweet. Uh, <laughs> and to think that's just going to continue over the next, yeah. you know, five to 10 years, however long the lifetime of PlayStation 5 is, is kind of mad.
you know, as proud as I am of the music, the, the star of the show is the experience, and they've yeah. created something really special, um, which is a yeah great showcase for PlayStation Five and the DualSense controller, and just to be part of that has been, you know, such a privilege. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I've just. It's just it's kind of ridiculous that it's it's obviously it's not really anything to do with me. It's because of this the team of Sobe's relationship with Sony, particularly the hardware people, where they like commissioned them to make this game. But it just so happens that I did their last game, and we've got a relationship. So I got this amazing opportunity to write music <laughs> pre-installed on a console, which just like doesn't matter who you are, yeah. that doesn't happen. Yeah. Like statistically, that's not going to happen for like Austin Wintry. Do you know what right. I mean? It's like yeah, I do, I <laughs> and do. it shouldn't. It shouldn't happen to me either. But it just so happened to to be the person who got got that call. And yeah, and it's nuts. And so yeah, it's just been a great experience from the development through to the release. And yeah, it'd be cool to see where Astro's Playroom is in people's thoughts and memories in another decade. music always makes me happy and it makes me smile and <laughs> i think that's hard to make yeah. people smile with music yeah well it's certainly hard to <laughs> to come up with that stuff during a pandemic yeah <laughs> <laughs> When I was doing press for the uh, for for the soundtrack and stuff, there was a lot of the questions I would get. We'd be like, "Oh, how was it?" You know, during the pandemic. And the reality is that you know I'm a freelancer. I work from home, so there yeah. wasn't any like big impact on me uh, in terms of the like my job or how I do or whatever. Like, I'm already yep. remote and working with people, you know, on the other side of the world and whatever. I'm used to that, so it's fine. But like, yeah, the, the like the the psychological and emotional context of writing <laughs> this uplifting music when like everything's just so weird was definitely challenging like that that was that that was yeah that was hard to do i'd been working on the project for i don't know a f yeah a few like a few months at yep. that point okay. and so you know I, 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 we'd already got like you know i'd written the gpu jungle track and like got a lot of the the early sort of defining tracks done and so like the, a lot of the like that, that which is like that's the hardest part in any project is establishing yeah. the tone and making sure that it works and that the team are happy and that you're happy and da, 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 da. and mm -hmm. so i'd broken the back of of the work but then yeah it, it probably just meant that things were a bit bit slower for me uh, it was a bit more it was yeah it was just harder work it was a bit more like wading through treacle kind of feeling going on but it was kind of fine because on on the upside, um, you know, if we if, if we if the, the the deadline for the project had been you know soon after that, it would have been bad. But fortunately, it was you know I don't think I finished working on it until I can't even remember. But it was like after the summer of oh, twenty twenty. Wow. So so you know I had you know nine months or or whatever to work on it, and yeah it, yeah it was it, yeah it, it was all it was all it all worked out. But yeah. Being positive when you're not. <laughs> <laughs>
is is tricky but it's also a kind of like an antidote in some ways because it's like it it forces you to get into you, like you have to get into that mindset so although you kind of yes. have to just get into that and psych yourself up uh, to feel that that that's also sort of <laughs> useful Kenny, I, it's just such a fun soundtrack again, as always. And, um, Thank you. you know, yeah. What else? I mean, I know you can find it in all the places you can iTunes it, you can Spotify it, you can all those things. Yeah. It, it got like, so, I mean, I think largely cause it had such a, uh, positive reaction from people. I should say it. Like I hadn't finished working on the, like the OST release mm-hmm. until, uh, the beginning of this year because like I relocated from uh, the southeast of England back to Scotland with my family and didn't have time to get it done in time for the launch of PlayStation 5 which mm-hmm. bit of a missed opportunity but you know some things in life are more important so yeah. I got all that other stuff done and then had moved and I was living in you know temporary accommodation and trying to <laughs> get the soundtrack work done and it was that 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 was way more challenging than the process of writing music for the game it was just you know with my studio in bits there was some original stuff had to be done like there was no ending for uh i'm your gpu like because the track just loops in the game and i didn't and you know i try when i'm writing music for a game to like work on the album think about those things when i'm doing it but you know there just there wasn't time and so i had to like 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 i knew that i needed to record like the last little few bass notes (laughs) (laughs) So I made sure, even though most of my stuff was in storage at that point, that I had my bass guitar, um, so I could do that. And so I re- yep. that that's that's like recorded in a different country <laughs> than the rest of it. Yeah, because of the key I'd written it in, I like detuned <laughs> the bottom string on the bass guitar <laughs> to. Uh, to be able to hit that final note. So now that I've said that, anyone listening to it, any bass player probably already was like, what? <laughs> 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 you what? That's not possible. Because I, I don't know. I mean, it's not, it's a, it's a four string bass. So it's not. Yeah. yeah. It's not, I don't, I don't even know if five string basses go higher or lower. I'm totally ignorant on that front. But that's um, a great question. I just detuned it. Amazing. Sorry, bass players. Sorry. <laughs> Fortunately, the nice thing that happened was that because it had a really strong reaction at the launch of PlayStation 5, um, Sony uh, really got behind the the soundtrack release. And so it was put out by Sony Music on one of their labels, um, nice. I think Sony Masterworks. So that was cool because that, that, that's why it's got a super wide release and it's on all the, <laughs> all the different um, services is because yeah. it was done properly. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I love it. And that was also nice. It was nice to be part of that process as well. Thanks for listening to Level with Emily Reese. You can learn more about Kenny Young at patreon.com slash level. You'll see a playlist there too. 
I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services and composer Brad Gentle. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc.